This is the Barbecue Central Radio Show, which is recorded live each Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Radio Show is being brought to you by The Barbecue Guru, the original creators of automatic temperature control devices, now offering four different models for you to choose from. Rest easy knowing that The Barbecue Guru is controlling your temperature so you can get on with your life. Visit bbqguru.com or call 800-288-GURU for more information. And by Fred's Music and Tasty Licks BBQ Supply, your online barbecue and grilling superstore. From cookers to grills, wood chips and chunks, and everything in between, also be sure to try the Tasty Licks barbecue brand of rubs and sauces. Check Fred out online at tastylicksbbq.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. Located in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio, Stephen DeFranco Jewelers is a family-owned and operated business looking to service the great folks of the barbecue and grilling world. Get free shipping and big discounts by mentioning my name and the term Barbecue Brother. Check out their inventory by visiting stephendefranco.com. And by Butcher Barbecue, with 30 years of experience in retail, wholesale, meat markets, food service, and customer service. Using that experience, everything they do and sell at Butcher's Barbecue comes from real-world knowledge. Check out their award-winning spices, sauces, marinades, and injections by visiting ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. And by the Barbecue Institute. Take your barbecue to the next level with the Barbecue Institute class. Pitmaster Conrad Teddy Bear Haskins uses his years of catering and restaurant experience combined with food science and smoking secrets to help you understand how to improve your barbecue. Visit bbqinstitute.com and register for classes today. And by Barbecuers Delight Wood Pellets. Making pellets since 1994, two-thirds oak, one-third flavor wood, giving you that sweet, succulent smoke that you're looking for on your meat, both for grills and bullet-style smokers, and, of course, in larger quantities for your pellet-fed smokers. Find them at bbqrsdelight.com. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Barbecue Central Show. The show where we talk about all things that are important in the world of barbecue. From big name interviews with competitors on the barbecue circuit, grill manufacturers and pit makers, to advice on cooking brisket and ribs. You'll find it all right here on the Barbecue Central Show. Your host, Greg Rempe, is a backyard barbecue and grilling fanatic and loves to talk about his passion, which many of us share together. You can learn more about barbecue and grilling by visiting the website, thebbqcentral.com. Now, let's get in the smoke. Here's your program host, Greg Rempe. Hey gang, welcome to another edition of the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. Oh! We originate from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, rapidly becoming known as the barbecue capital of the North Coast. Look, I guess by now... Officially the barbecue capital of North Coast. I mean, what else? What else is there to say? Got me. We're here. We've arrived. It's the barbecue capital of the North Coast. For those just tuning in for the first time, you're wondering what the hell is the barbecue capital of the North Coast even mean? These were in Cleveland. We're at the top where Great Lake is, which is Great Lake Erie. 
that's the north part of the coast where we are. So we have some barbecue here, and by some, I mean me, a few others. Doug Killily comes to mind. Stephen DeFranco, good sponsor of the show. That pretty much uh, ends it right there. Barbecue capital of the North Coast. It's kind of a self-effacing comment. Get with it. Again, originating here from Cleveland, happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. Look, if you want to jump in on the show tonight, I'm more than happy to have you. You can jump in. You can give me some takes on barbecue, grilling, one both neither. Just lay out, listen to the content and entertainment value of the show if you would like. That's fine. If you want to get in touch, let me give you some two ways to do that. Some two ways. Very good English. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Those are the two ways to get in touch with the show if you want to do it. And again, if you don't, more than happy to have you join the chat room, which you can find at the, dare I say, newly rolled out Barbecue Central Radio website. Hello and thank you. If you haven't checked it out, go ahead. And jump over again, thebbqcentralshow.com is the website address. Have a look. Get to see some very cool candid shots of your humble host. Candid shots, humble, not really mixing together very well. However, some pork butt pictures, cooking pictures in general, shots of me, but there's a blog, there's archives, there's the YouTube channel link, there's the swag link. So, if you've uh, wondering where the T-shirts that I can buy to show my representation of the show wherever I am, all over the course of America, it's right there on the top header. It's called Schwag. Go ahead, click over there. It's Cafe Press. I don't really make any money on the shirts. Um, I've tried to reduce it to almost cost. So please feel free to grab a shirt, uh, aprons, messenger bags, uh, dare I say thong panties, whatever you like. It's all up there for your pleasure. Pass the link around and wear the Barbecue Central show stuff as much or not as much as you want to, but there's a link for it as well. But go check out the website. See what you think. Give me some feedback. I always love to have that. Going to be updating it with blog posts, thoughts about this or that. Uh, There'll be stuff that has nothing to do with barbecue. Obviously, there'll be archives of the show just like the old old website was. We'll have video included with that. Again, the the YouTube links for segment interviews. It's going to be great. Look at this. Billy Durag Carroll in the house. And by in the house, I mean chat room. Billy, what's up? Two new ways to tell you about to get the show tonight. Of course, tune in radio for the smartphone. We've had that for a long time now. So always check that out if you have the smartphone. But two new ways to get in touch with the show. One is Stitcher Radio. So if you have that app on your phone, Again, that's going to be a smartphone-type deal. Stitcher Radio, get that app. It's for Apple. It's for Android. It's for BlackBerry. It's for all that great stuff. Get in touch with it. Get involved with it. Get the show on demand, however you want, through Stitcher Radio. Also, there's a new website called Blueberry. No E's. B-L-U-B-R-R-Y. B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. You can get it that way. The show is featured right there prominently on the homepage. Just kind of scroll through. The shows that are listed. So Blueberry.com, StitcherRadio.com, two new ways to get in touch with the show. Listen to it on demand. Listen to it live. Of course, tune in radio. You get the show here, of course, on the BBQCentralShow.com, brand new website that we talked about that has just launched. Now, last week at the end of the show, we did a look back at an interview that I had with Shotgun Fred Perkle, who had passed away 
Uh, it'll be two weeks ago this coming Friday. Uh, suffered from ALS, was finally fallen victim to that. But I replayed a few six, seven sound bites of that interview last show, and then I did say that I would actually go ahead and post that, and I actually did. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to that the very first time it come out, not many people did because that kind of got locked away into that... What do you call it when the things go away on the Disney things? Uh, it goes in me- memoriam, something like that. Uh, 13 podcasts locked away in memoriam. But go ahead and grab it now while you can. It's on the podcast feed. The full interview that I did with Fred Perkle from the Barbecue Guru. And a lot of people actually taking advantage of that and downloading it. I can see that through uh, the different download numbers. So I appreciate that, the fact that you went ahead and got it and uh, all this great stuff. Big miss to making the New York Times. What's up? I'll check that out. Link it up. Link it up. Don't be a a shameless non-self-promoter in the chat room, Neil. Go ahead, link it up in the chat room. Uh, What do I want to do here? I don't remember the guy's name, and I didn't write it down, and I apologize. I want to say it was like Chris Cassone wrote a, a song about barbecue, video forthcoming. I'm going to go ahead and, and lay it underneath me here. So you go ahead and listen to it. I'm going to bring it down a little bit. You you listen. Neil, what's it all about? When you can take the barbecue out of Texas. Yeah, you take it out of Texas, and you bring it to the West Coast, baby. L.A. and the roundabout areas. Hey, maybe you want to know what's happening on the show tonight. I know I skipped right over that. In case you didn't get the newsletter or look at all the social media. Coming up at about 14 past the hour, seven minutes from now, first-timer to the show, Jim Shaheen. He writes for the Washington Post. Smoke signals block. We're going to be talking to him. 35 past the hour finds Andy Groneman from Smoke on Wheels talking about his reserve grand championship take this past weekend in texas at the sam's club national tour second hour friend of the show ray lampy dr barbecue a barbecue legend we're going to be talking about a number of different topics and then closing out the show at the 10 o'clock hour around 10 35 big jim stancil from bare knuckles barbecue is going to be talking to us about the georgia barbecue championship so if you're around that region of the country you're definitely going to want to stay tuned for that because you might be interested Central for Life tattoo. John Pope, are you kidding? Are you going to get a tattoo? Let me tell you something. First person to get a Barbecue Central logo on their person, you get free rub for me. Absolutely. Free rub for me. That's the least I can do. Yeah, 914, right? No, 1014, right? 1014. All right. Did we get our wires crossed? Here we go. All right, anybody like that song? I'm getting out of this song right now. It's kind of a jazzy, right? It's kind of a jazzy thing. Well, I don't... It's not my free rub, Heath. Maker, never mind. So Twitter is a great thing, right? Twitter is a great thing. You can... Get in touch with people that you wouldn't normally get in touch with. For instance, 
I've been trying desperately to get one Michael Simon, the Iron Chef, to get on the show. Rumor has it he is opening a barbecue restaurant here in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city. It seems like a perfect match to me. A perfect match. And yet, he has been a little uh, resistant in getting back to me. But through the use of Twitter, I was finally able to chase him down. I'm very excited to get the Iron Chef. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for this? Let's head on over to the hotline and pull up Iron Chef Michael Simon. Are you kidding me? Mike, Chef, are you there? Hold on a second. Let me, let me go back here. Uh, we go to Michael Simon. Mike, how... Okay. My, hello, Michael. Hello. <laughs> no, Michael. Damn it. Well, it doesn't work all the time for everybody. But look, sometimes uh, you take the good. You take the good with the bad, right? Of course you do. Why is it sounding so low? All right. So we got a big show coming up. We have Jim Shaheen coming up here next. Oh, here we go. That's where it's supposed to be. Look, here we go, gang. If you are like me, then you are always trying to think of ways to step up your barbecue and grilling game. You want to take it up a notch, and there's no better or easier way to do that than by adding a little butcher barbecue to your arsenal. Now, perhaps you need some validation. You head on over to butcherbbq.com to order, but you want a little show me something. Fine. How about this? The last three winners of the Houston Livestock Barbecue Contest have all used and won with Butcher Barbecue. Top teams in the KCBS, FBA, IBCA use Butcher's Barbecue products. How about the fact that the pitmaster of Butcher Barbecue uses Butcher Barbecue products, and all that did was get them third overall in KCBS Team of the Year for 2011. Need I say more? Look, we all know that Butchers is well-known for the injections, the pork, the beef injections, and now this Prime injection, which has combined all the things loved with our beef injection, using its award-winning flavor enhancer and its ability to keep your brisket juicy. They have combined it with what has become the competition industry standard in beef flavor. It's available for sale right now at ButcherBBQ.com. Now, perhaps you're looking for a go-to rub or a sauce, Friends, you've hit the mother load here, too. Butcher's Barbecue is a full line of award-winning rubs and sauces. One of my personal rubs uh, that is favored is the steak and brisket rub. But grab yourself some honey rub. Try the premium rub, especially if you inject with Butcher's, because it is formulated to work with the injection, like hand and glove, a perfect one-two punch to impress judges and friends alike. And last but not least, the Butcher's Barbecue Sweet Barbecue Sauce. Look, when it comes to sauce, I'm as picky as it gets. And Butcher's Sweet Sauce wins in every category for me. Not overly sweet, a nice slice of tang, just the right amount of back-end heat. And for crying out loud, no liquid smoke. Thank you, Dave, for taking the time and effort to make a quality sauce and not taking the easy way out like most do by adding that crap to barbecue sauce. And by crap, I mean liquid smoke. Grab a Baca 6 because it's going to go very fast in your house. So no worries on breaking the bank when it comes to shipping either. Orders at $55 or less ship at 7 U.S. Bones. $56 and up ship at $9. Cheap. Head on over to ButcherBBQ.com. Stock up now. ButcherBBQ.com. Butcher Barbecue. Always trust your butcher. We're going to come back with first time of the show, Jim Shaheen, and talk about barbecue because that's what we do here on the show. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Network.
Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Coming up on 14 past the hour, 877-448-0433, Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Forgot to go over the Tuesday survey questions. We'll get to that here in a minute. Stand by for that. Uh, my first guest tonight writes the Washington Post Smoke Signals Barbecue column. It appears every Tuesday morning in the food section under All We Can Eat category. You go to Washington Post, click Food under the Lifestyles category, then scroll down to Smoke Signals if you want to check it out. The last Wednesday of every month, he also writes the column for the print version of the Post, usually involving two or three recipes. We race over the hotline. First timer to the show, Jim Shaheen joins me. Jim, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good, thank you. Doing absolutely fabulous, Jim. Appreciate you taking the time out to join me tonight. Not at all. A you know, lot of different places that we can go, of course, but I guess what makes the most sense is your first time around the show is what's the background in barbecue? Where's the fascination, and, and how does it stem for you? Uh, let's see. Okay. I was a uh, convert to barbecue. I was born to barbecue, um, which you could say I was born in the north, uh, moved to Texas, uh, back in the uh, mid-70s, and I tasted it, fell for it, um, hook, line, and sinker, and went crazy for it, as uh, you know, as so many of us do, and, um, you know, sort of kept, kept going back. Jim, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to call you right back, all right? All righty. Okay. A little technical difficulty there. Obviously, the uh, audio, video wasn't working. Let's try again. Let's go ahead and try again. Let's try again. Okay. Jim, hey, Greg. Hey, there we are. All right, now uh, we got the got uh, video working as well. All right, so uh, very fascinating on how you're bit by the barbecue bug. As I mentioned earlier, Jim, I mean, you know, let's let's get a baseline from you right mm-hmm. off the bat. You know, one of the first conversations I ever had with Meathead Goldwyn was whether or not. Barbecue and grilling were two different cooking methods. Meathead maintained that barbecue was like this all-encompassing umbrella that grilling falls under. I maintained that barbecue and grilling, completely two different cooking methods. Uh, Where do you weigh in on the topic, Jim? Well, to me, um, I understand where those uh, people come from when they talk about they all being the same thing. I mean, there's fire, there's smoke, there's... But um, I think... Generally, there's an understanding um, that when we're talking about barbecue, we're really talking about what most people understand to be um, slow-smoked meats, um, southern-style barbecues, uh, American southern-style barbecue. Now, uh, is that sort of America-centric? Yes, but it's also the shorthand for what I think most of us generally mean when we talk about barbecue. Um, there's Argentinian barbecue. There's barbecue all over the world, and all of it uh, is uh, has great merit. And um, but when when it comes down to you know when I think the term barbecue is understood by most people most often to mean slow smoked over a long period of time. As a matter of fact, just this evening. Um, it's funny. Just this evening, I put 
uh, a salmon on the grill. I would never tell anybody that I was barbecuing. It just <laughs> wouldn't even occur to me uh, to say that. Um, I grilled the fish. Um, so that's why I come down on it. All right, Jim Shaheen joining us here on the show, WashingtonPost.com, the website. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter, at Jim Shaheen. Jim, uh, you know, a number of places we could head tonight. Let's stay local to you. There's really no barbecue scene to speak of here in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, as much as I'd like to say there is, aside from the show. Mm-hmm. What's the D.C. area barbecue scene like present day, and how have you perhaps even seen it grow over the last three to five years? Well, it's grown a lot here. Um, I have to say, I moved here from Austin, Texas, um, and uh, that was about 10 or so years ago. And, and uh, I mean, anybody who knows anything about barbecue knows about Texas. And, you know, you can get into sort of very spirited debates, of course, about um, barbecue styles, barbecue qualities, all that sort of stuff. But there's no denying that Texas makes superb barbecue. And so uh, having been bitten by the barbecue bug some years ago and absolutely loving what I would get down in Texas when I moved to Washington, D.C., uh, let me just say it was a bit of a dispiriting experience. Um, I remember one night <laughs> I would travel around D.C. Uh, searching for barbecue, one place after another, after another, after another. And then one night I was at a little jazz club, um, and I just I, – I asked some guy, a st- complete stranger, who was standing at the bar. He was having a drink, and uh, we got talking, and at one point I said to him, so where do you find barbecue in this town? And he paused and he said, Washington, it's a seafood town. And um, I kind of took that to heart. Um, And since then, a lot more barbecue has come to town. Um, There's been a whole lot of different sorts of barbecue that have come to town. You know, Hill Country Barbecue from New York opened up here. Um, uh, The Great Fanfare. Um, The uh, Pork Barrel guys, uh, you know, Championship Barbecue guys, they opened up a place uh, in Northern Virginia. Um, uh, There's there's another guy that opened up a place called Memphis Barbecue. The barbecue truck scene is really big here. Um, Well, by really big, what I mean is there's about, you know, three or four trucks. Um, But, you know, well, actually, there's more than that, depending on how you define Washington, D.C. Because a lot of the people that live here will define it as the area surrounding Washington, D.C. Once you get out of the district itself and into some of the surrounding area, then you're getting into a lot more stuff. And, um, you know, you're getting into trucks and you get. Uh, in fact, I did a rough down and dirty number of barbecue places. And it's a, a little surprising that there are many as there are. And I'd say in the district itself, and this is by no means definitive, um, but I would say there's right in the neighborhood of about 20 barbecue places in the district. And the district is absolutely tiny, really, really, really small. Um, I had a lot of barbecue places. Some of them go back quite a ways, like the Rib Pit, for example. Uh, Others are new, and by new, I mean like within the last year. We saw quite a few open last year. At least six opened uh, last year. Um, uh, So it's a very active barbecue scene. If you get outside the district, within about a 20-mile radius, I think it's easily about uh, 60 barbecue places, uh, you know, easily within 
20 miles of the district into Maryland, you're going to get another 20 and then down into Virginia, probably in the neighborhood of about another 20. And I think I'm being conservative by those estimates. So I think you're, you're somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, so there's, there's quite a bit of barbecue around here. Jim Shaheen joining us here on the show, writer for Washington Post. You can find it at WashingtonPost.com, writes the Smoke Signals blog. Jim, coincidentally, this morning, your weekly blog post about President Obama's stop at a barbecue joint just outside D.C., you know, does the choice of the eatery signify anything in particular, and is there anything we should be, like, reading into when it comes to barbecue in general and the 2012 political scene, or is this fodder that shouldn't even be talked about on a, a barbecue radio show? Well, I think it's both. I think that um, as a guy that writes uh, for a living, you gotta you have to look into stuff and see if there's anything there. And sometimes there is, sometimes there isn't, who knows. But I will say this. I don't think that these guys choose these places accidentally. Um, I don't think Romney goes to a barbecue uh, or Santorum goes to a barbecue. Santorum was just at Corky's not long ago in Memphis. And um, he was also at Dreamland in Tuscaloosa recently. Uh, He, by the way, took both those states, Tennessee and Alabama. Um, And these are these I I think to me, it's an area uh, that really should be looked at more seriously. And by, by that, I mean not just barbecue, but food generally and, and politics. Um, you know, uh, when John Kerry went to South Philly and ate a cheesesteak at Pat's and he ordered Swiss cheese, um, which Pat's, of course, doesn't even have, um, rather than seem as he was attempting to do, like, you know, a sort of a man of the people and get away from that patrician kind of um, image that he had, it just underscored it. And I think um, obviously diners in the Northeast, up in New England, barbecue places in the South are used as backdrop to send a message to um, both national and regional and then finally local voters. Um, When uh, Perry uh, from Texas had said that North Carolina barbecue was like roadkill, uh, he said that about 20 years ago, but it was unearthed recently uh, when he ran for president, uh, presidential nomination. You know, it's a big deal. Uh, a lot of people, uh, you saw uh, it made the L.A. Times, it made the uh, Atlantic Monthly, and then it was all over the Q-sphere. So um, barbecue becomes part of a an identity of a people. Um, and I think that's one of the things that when you talk about barbecue, you can talk about it as food. You can talk about it as community. You can talk about it as a lot of different ways. But I think one of the most important ways to talk about it, too, not instead of, but in addition to, is um, as, as a, a part of our culture and a part of our, our identity. So when, when these guys go to these places, I think it is saying something. They are signaling something. They are sending a message. And I don't think that President Obama or anybody else uh, running for office does this, um, you know, just just by accident. I think they choose these places carefully. All right. So part of the proverbial stumping grounds, uh, we're mixing in barbecue here. Now, look, I mean, there's, it's no surprise you have somebody like myself who has been hosting a Internet barbecue radio show for the last uh, four years live, been doing a podcast for it for two years prior to that. And has seen growth, you know, over the last five, six years, talking with people at one point, you know, really considered to be legends now, still proving themselves out in competition grounds, people coming out of nowhere to to take over competition ranks, people writing books, you're seeing it on television. 
What do you think about this, the general phenomena of barbecue and its growth over the last handful of years? Is it something that you had foreseen? Is it something that has even kind of reached out farther than you had thought it was ever going to? Well, um, the modest answer is to say, oh, it took me by surprise. The honest answer is that's why I have the column. Um, you know, we didn't start the column until, well, about a year and a half ago. Um, so um, the column for the Washington Post is not like it has existed for 20 years. It started because we did see that this was a trend that was um, that was getting bigger and bigger. Um, I'm not at all surprised at how big it's gotten. I think we're going to be seeing it become be even bigger. Uh, and that concerns me, actually. I don't think it's um, just a good thing. I don't think big, bigger is necessarily better. Um, I think there's an awful lot of bad barbecue out there. Um, I think there's, um, uh, you know, I, I, I th- things go in cycles. And um, I will be interested to see where this trend plateaus and when and how. Uh, the how will be probably the most interesting thing to me um, because um, I just hope barbecue does not trip itself up on its own success. Um, it's gotten so easy to make barbecue anymore. Um, you know, you buy an oven, you put a, you put a log in it and, um, and you can call your, you put, you put a sign outside that says genuine pit. It's not even a pit. Um, but it happens all the time. And, um, now does that to say that, um, am I suggesting or implying that there's not good barbecue from a Southern Pride or something? No, I'm not saying that at all. Um, yes, of course you can get very good barbecue from uh, from a Southern Pride. But I am saying that uh, there are countless places now. It's very easy to buy one of these ovens, whether they be large or small, uh, put some meats in it, and claim that you're a barbecue place. Um, and, um, well, so what kind of a criteria should be in place to go in and say, okay, well, this is true pit barbecue. And this is somebody that's just buying an oven. I mean, if if you're going to be talking about the uh, proliferation of crappy barbecue, there has to be a way to weed somebody out. So what's your suggestion on that? Well, I don't think you know, there should be a way to weed people out. I think the marketplace would weed people out. If you're making bad barbecue, people won't come to your barbecue place. Uh, technology continues. There's nothing really that you can or necessarily should do about any of that. Um, I'm just talking about how easy it is now to open up a place that, that says they're making barbecue. Um, so, I mean, you could maybe put something in place like they do in parts of Italy or France in which you have some kind of, um, you know, um, uh, designation for certain ways that the barbecue is done. Like if you have a place in North Carolina, like in Skylight Inn at Aiden or somewhere, where you have a little protection uh, for these for these places. Um, I'm not recommending that. Um, I'm saying only that. I mean, if you're asking for what could be done if you wanted to sort of preserve some of the old ways, well, that might be one to distinguish things from one another. Um, but I think in the end, really, what you do is you just let the marketplace speak, and um, and the marketplace is speaking now. And right now, what the marketplace is saying is that we really like barbecue, or we really like these, uh, you know, these meats that are being smoked one way or another, um, and we really like this experience of going to these places that make this stuff. And so right now, it's a tremendous growth industry. 
We're talking with Jim Shaheen. He writes the weekly Smoke Signals blog in the Washington Post, WashingtonPost.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Jim Shaheen. That's uh, S-H-A-H-I-N. Jim, let me follow up with that because here's what I think. Uh, I'm not going to necessarily agree or disagree with the the proliferation of amount of barbecue joints that are popping up and, and whether they be good or bad, but it's my firm belief that if you are not in the niche that we are in, if you don't know the people that I know and that you know and that we write about or talk about each and every week, the vast consuming majority of the general public has no idea what good barbecue is. So if I'm going to put stuff in a barbecue oven and serve it to them and say pit smoke uh, because Damon's isn't saying what I'm saying, they are going to think that I'm legitimate and they will continue to be fooled. So I think by and Mm -hmm. large, uh, A, the consumers have no idea what good barbecue is. And secondly, there's just not enough of good barbecue around for them to train their palate. You'll get no disagreement from me. I think if you go to Memphis, you go to Kansas City, you go to North Carolina, you go to Texas, you go to parts of Georgia, Alabama, parts of Florida, they know what good barbecue is. That is a very educated barbecue palate in, in areas like that. Those They have longstanding traditions. They get it. They set the standard. Uh, it's the standard that is either... Uh, you know, uh, achieved elsewhere or for um, any number of reasons um, set aside. Um, And so, yeah, I think there are a lot of people that didn't grow up with barbecue, uh, doesn't really know what it is, and they find that, oh, you know what, this is a pretty tasty pulled pork sandwich at a great price. Um, Does it matter to them that it's some spectacular barbecue? No. Um, do, do they think of it as barbecue? Yes. Is it? Yeah, probably by most definitions, it probably is. All right, Jim, let me ask you two quick questions here before I turn you loose tonight. Uh, question number one, Barbecue Pitmaster Season 3. Are you excited yeah. about seeing whatever this product is going to be? Will you tune in and watch? I will definitely tune in and watch. I am excited to see what it does, primarily because I'm interested to see what's going to happen in the third year. Uh, the first two years, you know, had their fits and starts, and so I'll be really interested to see how the third year does. All right, and then let me have you take the Survey Tuesday questions. Uh, question number one for Jim Shaheen of the Washington Post, the best cut of steak? Uh, that would be a ribeye. Absolutely. Uh, lump charcoal or briquette, if you have to choose? If I had to choose, lump, but I'd prefer not to have to choose. All right. And uh, question number three, who wins the NCAA basketball tournament? Syracuse. No, it's the wrong answer. It's Ohio University, of course. (laughs) Proud alum, 1997. Uh, We are talking with Jim Shaheen. He writes the Smoke Signals blog that's published each Tuesday in the WashingtonPost.com website. Jim, appreciate the time tonight. Thanks for coming on. Thank you very much. Take care, Greg. You got it. There he is. First-timer Jim Shaheen joining us here on the show. And you guys are ruthless. If it's something you don't even... Look, let me tell you something. The reason the show works is because I'm not going to sit here and cater to just the, the very small niche, the very closed minds of certain people. He's a guy that writes about it. You want to bring him in. You get a different perspective. Some of you uh, might be falling asleep. Other people might not be falling asleep. It's fine. Different perspective keeps things going. Get a different viewpoint of how people see this industry that we're all in. And whether it has to do with competition or not, we'll get into competition here in the next segment. But again, let me remind uh, So thanks to uh, Jim Shaheen. 
All right. Uh, again, the survey Tuesday questions. Best cut of steak, lump, charcoal, or briquette? And who wins the NCAA basketball tournament? Email them if you want to. You can also uh, weigh in on the chat room. If I can get to them, I certainly will do that. Look at this guy. Give me a break. All right, gang, let me talk to you real quickly about Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply. Look, there are some unsavory businesses and creeping marauders at each and every turn on the Internet. I think we can all agree on that. But sometimes you're looking for a barbecue and grilling item that just isn't stocked anywhere in your hometown or the next town over or even the next town over from that. And your options have become very limited. And you are now forced to go online and buy the item that you want or you're just forced to go without. The Internet grip sets in. The hands start to sweat. Your neck tightens. You've been screwed on the Internet purchases before and you don't want it to happen again. After all, this is your hard-earned money you're spending and you want to feel confident the company you're buying from is honest and fair. Good news, folks. Let Fred Bernardo and the gang over at TastyLicksBBQ.com relieve you of your internet buying stresses. Tasty Licks is one of the most complete inventories on the barbecue and grilling circuit anywhere on the face of the earth. All of these items that you see on Fred's website are in stock. They are ready to ship to you directly. Now, are there other places on the internet that you might find the item cheaper, perhaps? But are you 100% confident you're actually going to get the item that you buy? How long is it going to take to ship to you? All great questions that no one has 100% assured answers to. Now, when you buy from TastyLicksBBQSupply.com, the items are in stock. They're in the store. They ship to you promptly. And they're all priced fairly. What more can you ask for them? Hell, if you want to try and work a deal with Fred, I'm sure he'd be happy to take your call and work something out with you. He's in business, right? Of course he is. Tasty Licks carries grills, smokers, ceramic cookers, electric cookers, various charcoal types, wood chunks and chips, cookbooks, accessories. If they don't have it at TastyLicksBBQ.com, you probably don't need it. One, on top of all that, Fred carries many of the other show sponsors' products in his store as well. So you're almost doing like a two-for-one. You're shopping at a sponsor. You're getting a sponsor's products. The best of both worlds. Don't forget, Tasty Licks has their own line of barbecue sauces and rubs as well that you have to try. And uh, April 28th, Bob and Kenny from the Barbecue Guru are going to be doing a demonstration at the Shillington, Pennsylvania store. They're going to be using the Guru on the Big Green Egg and on some other cookers and on the Onyx oven. The demo is at 11 a.m. April 28th. It's free. Just go in. No registering needed. Head on over to TastyLicksBBQ.com. Let the confidence exude from you as you make your online purchase. Then enjoy the items upon delivery. And don't forget that Fred and the gang are there to help with after-sale support if you need it. TastyLicksBBQ.com. We're coming back with Andy Groneman from Smoke on Wheels right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampy. Big B, Moonshine Band, Suburban Voice Let's go! I'm an outlaw. 
right, coming back, we are just at about 37 past the hour. Thanks again to Jim Shaheen for joining me, WashingtonPost.com writer. Survey Tuesday questions, your best cut of steak, lump charcoal or briquette, and who wins the NCAA basketball tournament? Weigh in. We're going to be getting our next guests ideas and thoughts on that as well uh, who happens to be moving on to the regional rounds of the sam's club national tour thanks to his reserve grand champion this past weekend in westworth village texas pitmaster of smoke on wheels and friend of the show andy groneman joins me here on the show andy how are you buddy good how's it going doing absolutely fabulous andy appreciate you making time for the show uh, and, and you know, I kind of got you in a, a tight spot here because it's not one of the you know the longer segments because I had it booked out for a couple other guests weeks in advance. But I wanted to get you in, uh, kind of following this whole Sam's Club thing unfold over the course of the year. So if we could, we'll kind of press right into it, Andy. Uh, can you give us kind of a brief recap of the weekend and how the cook went in an overall sense for you and the team? So the <laughs> I see George in the room. Uh, the cook actually went great. Um, we we had a you know, an eight and a half hour drive down there, got everything set up. Uh, compared to last year's Sam's Club, actually this year seemed to go much smoother. Power was uh, there when they said it would be there. Uh, things moved the way that uh, we would expect them to. So, from a cook perspective, the contest was actually you know pretty straightforward and an easy cook. Had a little bit of wind, but the weather was beautiful, and. Uh, Went to Dallas just to see a lot of our friends down there that we don't get to see, so we were going to have a good time regardless. Uh, last year, I got uh, stumped in Texas, but we decided to go back anyway. Andy, where are you home based out of, buddy? Kansas City. All right, Kansas City, uh, Kansas City, Missouri, right? Kansas. 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 And I, what's with the two states having the same freaking city? I never understand. Kansas City, Kansas is where Smoke on Wheels is out of. All right, so let's go ahead and get a closer look at the individual categories, Andy. And we call them out here on the show as you get called out at the competition. So we start with chicken. You get a fourth overall. Uh, and, and, you know, kind of keep with the categories here. Don't jump ahead. How did you feel about chicken as you turn it in? And let me ask you two questions, I guess. How did you feel about it? And then uh, are, are you a team that tastes your turn-ins prior to running in case there's any type of adjustment that might be needed? Or do you just take it off, turn it in, and run it? No, we do. We taste it before we turn it in. And then uh, chicken, you know, is, is, is usually pretty solid for us. We've got the process down. So we thought chicken was good going in. Uh, thought that was a great uh, category for us, and it wouldn't hurt us. And uh, anytime we get a call in chicken, we usually feel good about the comp. If we don't get a call in chicken, then maybe our flavor profiles didn't uh, mix and we're kind of worried for the, rest of the, for the rest of the awards. But when we get a call in chicken, we usually feel pretty good about it. How how has your chicken been over the last twenty four months? Pretty consistent, or are you you're up and down? Yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, pretty consistent. We uh, we get regular calls in chicken, so we've been pretty happy with. It. All right, next one up was ribs. So another top ten call. You get seventh overall. How did the ribs turn out for you? Were you happy with seventh? Do you think they do a little bit better, or were you? Uh, I thought they were better than that myself, but uh, we worked all winter on a new rib recipe because last year our ribs were okay, but. Uh, they weren't hitting every time like I wanted them to. So we feel hard this winter ribs and came out at the uh, start of the season with a uh, 180 in ribs in Great Bend. So uh, ribs were as good as they were in Great Bend. So I was hoping for a strong rib place. You a spare or a loin bag guy? Spare. St. Louis? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, so then we get to pork. 
14th in pork, so you don't get any call. You have no idea where you fare. Was, uh, and, and I didn't look, and I can't believe I didn't uh, actually do this. Was this a uh, packed-out competition? Was there 30 total teams there? 29. All right, 29, so uh, just shy one. What did you think about the pork? And you know, just mindset, when you don't hear your name called, where do you go to? Do you go to, man, we screwed up totally and we're in last place? Or do you think, man, you know, we're probably just right outside that top ten? So I typically, uh, you know, when, when we didn't get a pork call, our pork was solid. We've had solid pork the last few years. So um, I was a little worried about that because several of the calls, there had been ties in the top ten up to that point. So you knew that the scoring was really tight. So I was worried that uh, potentially not getting a call in pork would take us out of contention. Andy Groneman joining us here on the show from Smoke on Wheels. Smokeonwheels.com is his website, by the way, if you want to check it out. And then you finish up with brisket, third overall. So, you know, three out of the four categories doing absolutely well. How did you feel about that brisket? Brisket we thought was real solid going in. And uh, when we got the, the call in brisket, uh, again, I still felt like probably uh, didn't have a shot at anything without getting a pork call because uh, you had two. T- you had Papa Charlie's with two first place calls. You had uh, Caveman Cuisine with solid calls in there with a couple of seconds. Uh, Brewmasters had four calls, so you're looking at that and going, you're probably not in the top three. All right, so a little more than half a point separates you in first place. When it all boils down, everything gets called out. Yep. And I'm sure that under normal circumstances, you grab an RGC all day long. You don't even look back. Do you get any pangs of disappointment since you were so close to taking GC? No, absolutely not. Uh, like I said, last year in Texas, we ended up 10th and felt like we got robbed out of uh, some good some good categories. So to, to do that much better in Texas this year, uh, with the same food that we've, uh, you know, done done consistently with, we felt real good about it. And uh, honestly, the losing by half a point, I'm used to that. I've had that happen more than once. <laughs> Andy Groneman joining us here on the show from Smoke on Wheels. We're talking about uh, the Westworth Village Texas Sam's Club event that took past this past weekend or that took place this past weekend. You know, Andy, I've done a good amount of interviews this year with Sam's Club winners and, and second place. You know, it seems that everyone has scored top 10 in three meat categories, but they fall out with one of them. Oddly enough, it seems to be pork that is giving a lot of these pitmasters fits, and your results don't seem to be any different, unfortunately. Uh, is it coincidence? Is there something there to that? Is there something like a flavor profile thing that's going on or changing slowly that other people aren't catching up to? What do you think? Um, I, I've got to think it's coincidence. Um, although there, you know, I, I don't know what everybody's using on their pork these days, but we've had the same pork recipe for a while. So maybe flavors are changing. Do you use just the standard butts that you're going to get at a big box store? Do you use the Berkshire stuff that has really started to, to seem to, I'm not going to say it's overtaking like that Wagyu beef thing did a couple of years ago with Pitmasters, but I hear more and more of the Berkshire but starting to, to come up a little bit more in conversation. So, so I don't use heritage pork for barbecue contests. Um, same with the beef. I'm not a fan of Wagyu for a barbecue contest either. I think if you're going to cook and, uh, 
and and cook that stuff long and you're going to add all of the flavor that you're going to to it to try and get that one bite pop for the judges i think you overpower the the berkshire pork flavor when you're doing all the other things to the meat that you do to get those judges to pop so i just use regular old uh you know restaurant depot or sam's club ibp pork and uh and roll with it that way so the important part in this competition, of course, finishing the top six, you get to move on to the regional rounds. You know, are you able to grab some added confidence for the next session, given the finish that you had this past weekend, or is it even harder given the quality of teams you're going to be facing next round? Uh, the quality of teams next round are going to be outrageous, I'm sure. Uh, that Midwest regional is going to be tough. Are you pumped up about it? Absolutely. <laughs> I love to go head-to-head. And butt-to-butt and chest-to-chest from what I hear, too, right? That's right. Absolutely. No doubt. Andy Groneman <laughs> joining us here on the show. All right, uh, Andy, you have a pork and a chicken marinade that seems to be gaining quite a bit of popularity on the circuit. Uh, could you possibly tell us a little bit about it and might, how it differs from some of these other products that you see on the market today? Uh, so we do. We have two marinades out on the market. We have uh, it's called a barbecue marinade. It is what we're using on our competition chicken. Um, but you know, I know teams that are using it on ribs as well. It's, it's pretty versatile. Um, but we use it on our chicken. We also have a pork injection and marinade and, uh, obviously we use that on our, on our pork. It's done well for us. And there are some teams out there using it as well. Uh, as far as differences between, uh, my product and some other products, uh, what I'm doing is, is basically a hundred percent about flavor profile. Uh, you know, the, there's a lot of folks I know that are using uh, butcher's product actually paired with mine, either with mine in a wrap and the butcher's injection or, or doing a blend of injection to get some of the phosphate and the, the love from the butchers in there too. So uh, it, it's a little bit differentiated from uh, some of the stuff in the marketplace and pairs well uh, with the folks at the comps. So we're, we've been real happy with uh, both products. All right, where uh, can people buy it if they want to check it out? I'm sure everybody's very interested now that you're talking about it. Well, obviously, Fred's Music here has it. You can get it at Big Papa Smokers online. You can get it at the DC Barbecue Store. Um, those are the Great Lakes Barbecue Supply, Hog Eyes Barbecue. We're at uh, pretty much all of the uh, places you would find your favorite product. Is this a product or are these products something that you had always thought that you were going to bring to market, or is it just something that somebody said, look, that tastes good, works well, you're doing well in competition, why don't you just put it out there and see what happens? Yeah, I mean, we'd never thought about uh, bringing products to market initially when we started cooking. I mean, we've been cooking for, gosh, 18 years now probably. And uh, as we started winning, I, you know, people ask, yo, what are you using? How do you use that? Where can I get your stuff? And you hear that enough times and you decide, okay, I really need to have something out there so that somebody can get my stuff. And uh, when I looked across the board at what we could do, you know, I use commercial rubs. I use commercial sauces. Uh, there's obviously, uh, you know, on our brisket, we're using uh, commercial products as well. So what what is it that adds my flavor that's different that I'm not just going to take somebody else's product and try and come close to it and match it? Uh, in the marketplace. So there, there weren't any marinades like what we use out on the market. So I thought, okay, that's where I need to break into the market is the marinades. 
have you been surprised by the success or where has it fallen out for you business-wise? Uh, you know, I have been a little surprised that it's taken off as well as, as it has because the marketing that we've done is so minimal. Uh, but it really is resonating and uh, been real happy with it. You going out to Vegas next weekend? I am not going to Vegas. I'll be with pleasure. Dude, that's a huge... You could you could uh, fandangle with the likes of Brad Paisley and Carrie Underwood. How do you miss <laughs> that? <laughs> well, unfortunately for me, I'm loyal to uh, competitions that uh, have done well for me, and we've won Pleasant Hill a couple times and reserved it, and so I've got to go back there and compete against my good friend Todd John and try and uh, out. Are you guaranteeing victory over Plowboy Todd right now? No, I am. <laughs> no, I, I am not. A, I am not that kind of guy. All right, no bad mojo for me. We'll leave it fifty-fifty, which is how I love to live the life. All right, uh, Todd, do you want to take the Survey Tuesday questions? Absolutely. All right, question number one uh, for uh, Andy Groenman: Best cut of steak? Ribeye. Of course, two for two right now. Uh, three for three because that's my favorite too. Uh, lump charcoal or briquette if you have to make the choice? Well, lump if I have to make the choice, but pellets would be the right answer. Of course. And question number... Th- oh, sorry, that's the wrong one here. Question number three. Who's going to win the NCAA basketball tournament? The KU Jayhawks. No! How many times... Weren't you just listening? It's going to be the Ohio University Bobcats. Proud alum, 1997. It's twice I've said I it. I <laughs> uh, all right, so you're going to be competing this coming weekend. Good luck. Uh, tell Todd I said hi. And uh, we are talking with Andy Groneman. He is the pitmaster of Smoke on Wheels barbecue team. Andy, congratulations again on the finish this past weekend in Texas. Good luck in the next round, and thanks for coming on tonight. I appreciate it. Thanks. You got it. There he is. Andy, always a good guy to talk to, and doing very well with that ru- or the uh, marinades. The pork and the chicken. I believe I did ask him because I, I've been trying to do a very good job at making sure the technical side of things are running well here on the show. Especially for the people that are doing the Skype. I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, two for two guests aside from that uh, first minute when I had to call Jim Shaheen back. The audios are synced up very nice uh, with the video. Usually it's a little delayed. So Andy bringing it uh, very strong in that segment. I know him and Todd are tight, but you know I want to hear somebody say, yeah, you know what? Coming for him. I'm coming for him now. Again, uh, quickly, i got to talk to you about the Barbecue Institute and a special announcement here. I'm cutting into the read time, I know, but Conrad is looking for a pit, especially for you West Coasters. So in the chat room, the, the Emery's, the Big Mistas, the Notley's, all you guys out there on the West Coast, San Diego style, so, you know, South L.A. Or Southern California, sorry. He needs a pit. Can you hook a guy up with a pit for crying out loud? He's going to be doing a class and a cater for the United States Marine Corps at Camp Pendleton. So, look, if you have a cooker that you can donate or if you know somebody that might have a cooker that you can donate, uh, A, get in contact with me here at the show if you want. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com or go to his website, thebarbecueinstitute.com, and get in contact with him there. Again, he's going to be cooking for the United States Marine Corps uh, Wounded Warriors, and he's going to be doing a class there as well. 
So if you're in San Diego area or around there and you have a pit that you can hook them up with, the show would appreciate it. Conrad would appreciate it. He's a teddy bear, by the way. All right, let me quickly tell you about how you can take your barbecue to the next level with the Barbecue Institute class. Pitmaster Conrad Teddy Bear Haskins uses his years of catering and restaurant experience combined with food science and smoking secrets to help you understand how to improve your barbecue. Backyard barbecuers and those folks who want to open a barbecue business dry and fly in from all over the country and the world for these institutes' small, friendly, informative classes. The Barbecue Institute has a full class schedule in Texas this spring covering everything from short fajita classes to an all-day class on how to smoke the classics like brisket, pork, chicken, and ribs. Now, let me ask you a question. You ever dream of owning your own barbecue business? Of course you do. One of the most popular classes at the Barbecue Institute is the commercial barbecue class. Learn from the Teddy Bear's years of experience owning a restaurant and catering company on how to produce a product that your customers will become addicted to. That ensures repeat business, right? Look, there's nothing as expensive as failing in a commercial venture. Don't ask me. I've never done it. This class has helped students start successful barbecue operations all over the country and the world. Now, when not teaching classes on the weekends, Conrad Conrad is conducting private classes and corporate events from coast to coast during the week. To make your next off-site event really memorable, have a Barbecue Institute off-site party. Show your employees you care with the very best barbecue money can buy. Take it from me. You have an off-site event with Conrad, people are going to be talking about it for years. You're never going to lose an employee. Turnover is gone, but you got to visit bbqinstitute.com and check their Facebook page as well for the latest news and pictures. That's bbqinstitute.com. We're coming back to wrap up the first hour. Stand by. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs. And the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. Who would have thought this music thing was going to go this far? I never asked for this. I never asked for this fast living, the women, the whiskey, craziness. There's whiskey in my soul. Hey, Bernie, let's go. We're coming up on five minutes over the top of the hour. We quickly review Survey Tuesday questions in no particular order. Best cut of steak. The ribeye is currently winning three for three. Uh, lump charcoal is winning as well. I don't even think anybody said uh, briquettes. And who wins the NCAA basketball tournament? Nobody has said OU. I don't know what to say. Again, putting it out there. If you are in San Diego Doggy Dog, Southern Cali, and you have a pit that you can lend to sponsor of the show, Conrad Haskins, he is a teddy bear, which means he will gently use your pit in the most succulent ways possible. Get in contact with me. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Go to my website, thebbqcentralshow.com. Get in contact with me that way. Go find Conrad on the Facebook, on the Twitter, or email him. Go to bbqinstitute.com and let him know that you are going to be able to hook him up with a pit or two or three. How many do you need, Conrad? Let's do this. Let's show the barbecue community 
And for crying out loud, it's still the freaking show, uh, soldiers that the barbecue community has their back, right? I mean, these guys voluntarily put their lives in peril, have been wounded. You don't have a grill or a cooker that you can hook Conrad up with to give them A, free classes, and then feed the wounded warriors? What kind of a human being are you? It's patently ridiculous. Conrad, come on. Couple three 22-inch WSMs or one trailer pit. I know people in Southern California, so come on, guys. Let's do this. Let's do this. All right, uh, second hour we have, let me review, uh, Ray Lampy coming up at 14 past the hour, swinging a big stick during the first hour, so we better bring it. 35 past the hour of 10 o'clock, Big Jim Stancil from Bare Knuckles Barbecue is going to be joining us for the Georgia Barbecue Championship Breakdown. So you got to make sure that you're listening, especially if you're you know southeast person at Eastern Seaboard. That could be something that you might want to take advantage of. Maybe not. I mean, maybe you don't like winning lots of money and fabulous prizes. I know I do. All right, survey questions. Everybody hit it up here on the chat room or call in if you want to, 877-448-0433. Best cut of steak, I think, is a ribeye, by the way. A lump, charcoal, or briquette. It's not that simple for me. It's not that simple for me. So I'm going to say, if I'm grilling, it's lump charcoal. If I'm cooking overnight, and I have Weber Smoky Mountains, to me, and this could only be me, of course, I have found that briquette charcoal works better for me in the Weber Smoky Mountain. Lump charcoal seems to die out a lot quicker. I do appreciate the fact that lump is not ashing anywhere near as much as the standard briquette will. But for integrity and consistency of burn and temperature and all of that great stuff, uh, to me, I find that a briquette is better in the uh, overnight. Who wins the NCAA basketball tournament? That, of course, will be the Ohio University Bobcats. Have you seen him play? Have you seen him play? Wait, what is this? What is this? Hold on a second here. I'm going to break. I'm going to break. Give me one second. What is this? Hold on. Coming to the hotline. I can't even believe this is happening. Iron Chef. Mike Simon. Mike, hey. Mike. Chef. He- hello. Let me try it. Let me punch up this. He's on line two? All right. Uh, we go to the phone. Mike Simon joining us here on the show. Mike, hey, but Hey. He- Mike. Hello. All right, I guess not. What are you going to do? We'll be back. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? You have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish, what? He ate 54 wieners. Oh, listen, Laverne, shake your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. 
You could use it to fight off creeping marauders looking to take your steaks off your grills. I just like being anywhere with Junior, Senior, and Diva. Sounds like a whole look at the movie. Wow. <laughs> yeah, really. Keep it hot, keep it clean, keep it lubricated. We have top men working on it right now. Ooh, top men. All right, just like that, we are in the second hour. Big second hour it is. Top men have just informed me that Ray Lampy will be on in about 14 minutes from now. Big Jim Stancil will be in at 35 past the hour to go over the Georgia Barbecue Championship. Very excited about hearing that. You're right, George Mullen. Somebody wake Ray up. He was feeling it from about 914 to 928. He was feeling it. Survey Tuesday questions. In case you didn't hear, you're joining late. Welcome to the show. Check out the website, the newly revamped website, thebbqcentralshow.com. That's thebbqcentralshow.com. Leave comments if you want to. Hit me up through there. You can learn how to become an advertiser for the show, which there aren't any spots for that right now. You can see past archives. There's video archives. All of this great stuff happening on the very new Barbecue Central Radio Network's homepage. A special thanks going out to Kevin Bevington, helping me with that. Kevin Bevington, web designer by trade, barbecue master almighty, just by fun. How about that? Yeah. Survey Tuesday questions in no particular order. Weigh in if you want to. The best cut of steak. A lot of people saying that the ribeye is. Question number two. Lump charcoal or briquette when it comes to your charcoal fuel for your cooker? Question number three. Who wins the NCAA basketball tournament? All right. Quickly reviewing the chat room. Bob Parker weighing in with Porterhouse. I like a Porterhouse now. It's got strip. That's good. Hey, uh, Dave Bosco, are you listening? What's the difference between a T-bone and a Porterhouse? Is the filet side bigger? Is the strip side bigger? Is it just a bigger of both? Uh, weigh in on that, and then uh, tell us a little bit about what you think about the certified Angus beef. <laughs> the Jayhawks winning the... No. Do we see a repetition of what's going on here? Somebody somewhere during the show, whether it be through email or through the chat room, is going to say, without my behest, that Ohio University is going to, you know, win. Uh, reading some Twitters at Barbecue Central Show. This is from Morlosloo9, Barbecue Central Show. Now I completely understand why kids love Disney. Get the free ticket and check out now. What does that even mean? Great, I've been spammed. Uh, retweeted by Brown KW, retweeted by Correct of Correct Off Correct of Course, retweeted by Mark Reezy that uh, Smoke on Wheels was coming up. So thank you, gentlemen. You don't follow me on the Twitter, you're missing out. I do a lot of cool stuff when it comes to that. At BBQ Central Show. Meat camp going on right now. Oh, sorry, food. Wait, steak chat. That guy's crazy. Meat camp, food chat, steak chat. Chat, chat, chat. Look, there's a huge competition that's going on this coming weekend. And without fail, I have tried to get... There's some people, believe it or not, 
breaking news. Breaking news. There's some people in the barbecue grilling industry that I cannot get on the show. I don't, I don't know what it is. I only have the highest rated, most listened to, most downloaded barbecue and grilling show ever on the history of internet radio. And the likes of... I don't want to... Wait, rule of the show. No names, please. Uh-oh. Right? No names, please. Um... There's a guy in the Florida Barbecue Association who I've reached out to a number of times who I'd love to have a conversation with, won't return my emails. There is a huge promoter that does hundreds of thousands of dollars purse contests, one that will be taking place in Las Vegas, won't return my emails, won't do the show. What's going on? Don't you want to, if you're a marketing guy, don't you want to get on this show? It's the biggest show of its kind. Tom. And Psych Smoke Barbecue. Remember, rule of the show. What's the rule of the show? No names, please. No names, please. If you don't want to come on my show, you're going to pick a fight with me. And you don't want to pick a fight with me. Because I have a show that reaches a ride-sweeping audience, and you're out of there. Speaking of that, uh, Andy Groneman. I'm glad you just brought that up because I, I know I was kidding the last couple times, but the hotline is ringing. We go to the hotline, ladies and gentlemen. I am proud to announce, and yes, a little excited, a little nervous. Never had an Iron Chef on before. It's uh, Michael Simon, Iron Chef Cleveland guy. Mike, how are you doing, buddy? Hello, Mike. Mike? What line? Three, right? Okay, hold on. Punch this up. Uh, we go, sorry, let me try again. Uh, we go to Mike Simon. Mike, how are you, buddy? Hello? Mike? <laughs> Hello? All right, so that's a joke, right? With all, with every fiber of my being, I am trying not to do battle with pork barrel barbecue. But I know that you, uh, Heath, you and uh, you and uh, Brent will be there for me if I ever need it. When can I get the other guy on the show? What's his name? Peter. Peter from Pork Barrel Barbecue. Who is this? Getting a uh, question. Can you do interviews with NBBQA members end of April or May? Karen Dove. What's going on at the end of April or May in the NBBQA? Anybody? That was a joke. That was your partner, Heath. Come on. Pick it up. <laughs> no kidding they don't sell Q in restaurants. They don't want people to leave. Here we go. Now, Tom, this is my show, okay? Just cool out. So here's what's great. I talked about it at the opening of the segment when I did the Michael Simon spoof. Am I going to lose that? Damn it. I'm going to lose that. I got to go back. Twitter is great because we're we're now in an industry and we're now in a time of year where you can get in touch with people. I never thought, you know, that 5 years ago, the first time is it 5 when was the last, when was the first, Ray, when was the first time we did an interview? It was like 05. Oh, was it 05, oh, maybe 06? Oh, so like 6 7 years. I have been doing some type of a sit-down with Dr. Barbecue. So the first time I send out an email, I'm like, this dude never going to even email me back. He's too big. He's a big shot. 
And so progress further and further down the line, technology has gotten so out of hand, and by out of hand I mean cool, that I can Twitter the biggest names in movies, food, TV, music, and sports, and sometimes I can get responses back. And finally, after weeks, there has been a wide-sweeping rumor that Mike Simon is opening a barbecue restaurant here in Cleveland. I live in Cleveland. I thought... Look, I know he's busy, you know, top guy on Food Network aside from Guy and Bobby Flay. But there could be an outside chance. I know he does some local radio. He doesn't even need to come and have me stalk him here in my house. I mean, <clears throat> I mean the Barbecue Central radio, radio Network Studios. He doesn't even need to do that. But I've been tweeting at him. I've been tweeting at him. I post on his Facebook. Nothing ever happens. And today, today, I finally get... A response back, and I'm going to pull it up so you guys can check it out so you don't think I'm lying. And this is his response to me. See, this is it. Barbecue Central Show. Wish, can you see that? Wish I had more time in the day already pack about 18 hours in. Uh, Mike Simon, do you see that? There it is. Right? That's his reply back to me. 18 hours a day. Join the party, pal. Ray Lampy does 18 hours a day. Tom Emery does 18-hour days. Pork Barrel Barbecue does 48 hours in a day. Psych Smoke Barbecue does 14 hours a day, 18 hours a day. Uh, Mojo Breaks does 18 hours a day. So does Patrick. So does Andy Groneman. So does a National Barbecue Cup. Guess what, dude? We all do 18 hours a day. Wah! Do 19 hours a day and do the freaking barbecue show that is ruling the internet, creep. Big time? You think you can big time me because you're the Iron Chef? We live in Cleveland together. We're brothers. I frequent your restaurants. I'm sorry. I got a little overzealous with the creep comment. Don't be a douche. Come on and do the show. That's what I meant to say. All right, gang, let me talk to you for a few minutes about the longest sponsor of the show located in Warminster, Pennsylvania, the Barbecue Guru. Gang, if you've been thinking about automatic pit temperature control devices for your cookers, then stop here. This is the company that started it all. They are the creators of this technology. Why would you buy one from any other company on the face of the earth? They have no idea. Are you not familiar with how these little beauties work? I'm not going to get into the minute details, but imagine a product that allows you to set your pit temperature, and once set, it keeps it running at the set temperature all the way through the cook. Sound too good to be true? It's not. This is real-life technology, and it's happening today. Now, maybe you're too busy to be a uh, pit tender. you got a lot of these kids running around. You have errands. And quite frankly, just don't have time to sit around and tend pit temperatures. The Barbecue Guru allows you to throw on your pork butt or brisket or a couple slabs of ribs, and then you're off to do whatever the hell you need to do to get the job done. And the Barbecue Guru maintains the pit temperature that you set it at. Crazy technology. There's four different models to choose from. So you know there's one that will fit your budget. You have the Procom 4 wireless unit that allows you to roam up to 600 feet away from the cooker, and you can still make adjustments if you want to. You have the CyberQ2, the DigiQ DX2, and the newest unit to the party, no pun intended, the PartyQ. And at $129 for most cookers, the PartyQ is the easiest point of entry into the pit temperature control device world. It's a self-contained package that runs on AA batteries. Don't start with the package comment. In the market for a cooker, look no further than the Onyx Oven. The Onyx Oven has been winning on the competition circuit as well as in backyards all over the country for the last couple years. It's a fully insulated cooker. 
This unit holds a lot of meat. It accommodates half and full pans for food service. And it works seamlessly with any of the Barbecue Guru pit temperature control devices. Do yourself a favor, gang. Head over to thebarbecueguru.com. That's thebbqguru.com. And check out their products. If you have any questions about what to order, call them directly, 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. They will make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. 800-288-GURU or thebbqguru.com. The Barbecue Guru, a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Stand by for the doctor coming up out of the break. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. Live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. Coming up on 14 past the hour, 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Those are the two ways to get in touch with the show. Don't forget, Survey Tuesday questions. Best cut of steak, lump, charcoal, or briquette? And who wins the NCAA basketball tournament? We will get those answers from our next guest coming up here in just a second. Uh, don't forget, Big Jim Stancil coming up at 35 past the hour, so stand by for that. Now you know what we got to do, right? Oh, yeah, here we go. Bring it on. You know who it is. It's Dr. Barbecue, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah! Ray, what's up, buddy? Hi, Greg. How are you? you like the, uh, we're back to uh, Highway to Hell. Do you think we're on a Highway to Hell tonight or what? Yeah, it's kind of like that. <laughs> Ray, what do you hate Jim Shaheen for? What? That's. It's not that I hate him. I, his hair was a little rough, and he was kind of boring me. I was fired up to come out of the gate. You Ray, know? Ray, are you I, telling? Are you time. criticizing somebody's <laughs> hair? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, everybody's got their own look. Uh, that one just wasn't for me. Hey, there you go. All right, uh, Ray Lampy joining us here on the show. He is a, a longtime guest. And multiple-time author, he's the executive chef for Big Green Egg. He's been on television a number of times. All of this great stuff. Uh, look, Ray, I wanted to get you on, and I was chasing you probably over the last couple of weeks because it was the very first Sam's Club event that took place this year it was in Tampa, Florida, and you took third overall at that competition. I know it was a number of weeks back, but if you, if you can possibly recount, you know, that weekend and, and kind of how it went down for you. I mean, you've been in a lot of competitions. You've done this thing for a, a long time. How did it feel to, you know, to get back out there and pull a third and be able to move on in a regional? And, and this event or, or this tour, which everybody seems to be very behind. Well, I mean, it's exciting. I'm a big fan of the Sam's Club concept in general. You know, I, I, li- I like seeing people do different stuff. Everybody just wants to do the same old stuff. And, and I like it. I think it's exciting. Uh you know, now we move on to the regional and maybe go to Bentonville at the end. 
heck, you know, with this kind of uh, process, there's going to be a bunch of good teams there. I, I really, I'm a big fan, so I'm happy to go out there. And yeah, of course, I'd like to be competitive, and and I think I've cooked a little better the last couple of years. And and qualifying is a big deal. And you know, the other thing is that with the way they structured the money uh, down here, it was not going to be a qualifier because we don't have a blanket thing. Um, so third paid a thousand bucks. Heck, that's just fine. Yeah, you always want to win, but. Hell, I got enough trophies, you know, a thousand bucks in third place, move on to the next thing. I felt good about it. Dr. Barbecue Ray Lampy joining us here on the show. You know, Ray, your categories were absolutely fantastic. You had, you know, you were third overall, you had the fourth in chicken, you had a ninth in ribs, you had a fourth in pork, so three. And look, it seems to be odd enough. I mean, I was just talking with Andy about it. For the people that win or the people that get second, third place, there seems to be three categories that you're in the top ten with, and then you have one that just kind of falls out. Now, for you it wasn't pork, it was brisket. And for crying out loud, Ray, I can't believe it. You were one of the inaugural members of the Brisket Roundtable. How the hell does that happen? You were giving out secrets years ago. How does this happen with a 13th place brisket? That was a long time ago, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, gosh, I don't know, man. I thought that brisket was really good, too. I I, uh, I got a new friend in Creekstone Farms, and, man, I was really trying. I put a ton of effort into that brisket, and I thought it was great. And, and it just didn't have a good day, you know. Uh, I, I like the format a lot, and but you've got, I think they had five judging tables, and if there's one that's scoring a little lower, it's going to really have a big swing on the on the contest. You know, if you've got 20 tables, a big contest in there, well, you, you get lucky and you don't necessarily hit every table, but it, you're going to hit four out of the five tables at the Sam's Club thing, and if there's a low score, you know, you're going to get it, and, and the guy who doesn't get it is probably going to have the best day. It's just the nature of the game. That's how we do it. I, you know, you can't you can't feel bad about it. It's the way it goes. But it certainly was a good brisket. I I'll make no apologies for the quality of the brisket I turned in. Were you happy with the other three categories? I mean, obviously they did well with the judges. You know, three that were in the top ten: the fourth and chicken, the fourth pork, ninth ribs. Were they as good as the scores indicate? Did you think some were better and, and some were worse, or where did you fall out with those? Well, you know, I made no secret about this. Uh, I've sort of sold my soul, I feel, over the last couple of years. <laughs> I, well, not really, but I, I come from, you know, I started cooking KCBS in 1991, and back then, everybody showed up with a cooler of beer and a couple of heads of lettuce and some meat, and whoever could cook the best barbecue while they were partying won the contest. Nobody, we didn't share our secrets with our best friends. We didn't share them because it was secret. You were making this rub at home. You were making the sauce at home. And it's just so different now. Oh, I'm not saying it's better or worse, but I have, I resisted for a while there and I wasn't doing very well for a few years. And, and I decided that I would just go all in. And I called in some old favors. You know, there's a lot of guys out there I've helped over the years. And, and I really am doing the same old stuff or, or whatever you want to call it, the modern day techniques on all this stuff. And so am I proud of it? Oh, you know, I, I mean, I, I like to think I did the best job of that same recipe that 100 guys are using that day. But, uh, you know, it, it disappoints me a little bit that we all turn in the same stuff every week and hope to get lucky and you get the win. Do you foresee... And you talk to a lot of these guys, the pitmasters out there, Ray. Do you foresee that changing at some point? Is somebody going to venture out and potentially start to change that flavor profile? And obviously people are going to be you know, trying to catch that person if they happen to win. Or is the risk too much still at this point? You're laying out 
labor expense on entry fees and meats and travel costs, but you don't want to stir the pot too much as far as flavor profiles are concerned to disadvantage yourself at potentially winning? Yeah, absolutely, Greg. I think you hit it right on the head. Uh, I That's what I did for a couple of years. You know, I tried to resist it and do what I thought I liked better and, or what I liked to eat better. And, and, you know, you hear a lot of cooks talking about, well, I cook what I what I feel like eating for the judges. Ah, oh, bullshit. You cook what you like. If you really like to eat that stuff, you know, you're not you're not eating the same stuff I am. Uh, it, you know, if you're if you're putting a bunch of blue zog on and you're injecting your brisket and soaking your chicken and and turning in just the money muscle off a of pork and, and and all that stuff, I'm I don't believe that that's what you really like to eat at home. I'm not saying you don't like to have a bite of it here and there, but I think it's contest food and that's just the way it goes. Um, no, I, yeah, I think you're right that it'd be really high risk to try and do different things. Uh, there's guys out there doing something a little bit different, but boy, it's rare you find a guy anymore that's making his own rub, making his own sauce, not injecting, not buying, buying prime meat, not doing any of those things, not cutting the money muscle off like a schlong, and not doing any of that stuff and winning. It's pretty few and far between. You say cutting the money muscle off like a schlong? <laughs> Yeah, that guy, that guy at first just didn't say schlong once. Did he? No, he didn't say schlong at all. Wow. Uh, Ray Lamby joining us here on the show. All right, so there are some things that we need to hit on here first uh, before we get into some, some other non-outlined stuff. Uh, one of the things that we were talking about the last time is you have that new book coming out in April, The Slow Fire, The Beginner's Guide to Barbecue. Uh, you know, this was an effort hey, for you. Slow Fire. What, what was that? the product like? To product placement on the oh, shelf. Oh yeah, there. look at that! Very nice, very uh, very subtly placed, Ray. Very good job, master marketer. Uh, I mean, this was kind of a labor. The thing was done forever. You know, it's finally getting out to market. Uh, I mean, have you gotten any like advanced reviews on it? Um, only from my family because there's only like three copies that I know out there. One guy at Green Eggs got one, and I got two here at home. And uh, but I I I think it's beautiful. I really am happy with it. Uh, Chronicle is a publisher and they just make beautiful books and I think people are going to be pretty happy about it. I, I think it, it's a different kind of book. It, it's not the the concept was that the hero books, you know, as we call them, gosh, there's enough of them out there. I've written a bunch of them and, and so has every other barbecue guy. Matter of fact, I just got my copy of Wicked Q and and it's really an excellent book. But they really said let's 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 try to be make it a reality check for a guy who might want to just learn how to cook barbecue and and wants to kind of just learn how to feed his family and his friends and, and doesn't really care that you walk on water when it comes to barbecue contests. So I think it was a really good idea, and I really wrote it from that perspective all the way, and I think it's going to be well-received, and it's really a good-looking book, too. I, I'm really happy about it. All right, and that's going to be coming out in April, so we'll be on the lookout for that. You know, one of the other things that you're going to be doing, and I think you've been going over, was it last year the first time you went over to England, or has that been a couple-year thing running now for you? Yeah, this will be the third year. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that grill stock. Uh, I guess the, two years ago I went and uh, they were the guy went over there wanted to have a barbecue festival. John Finch, good guy over there. And, yeah. And so I went over with Big Green Egg. We had a new distributor that year, and we had a lot of fun and met a bunch of good people. And the following year, I just I offered him the opportunity. I said, if you'll just pay for my travel, I'll come and and do everything I did last year as well. And I did, and we had a great time. And, I've made a lot of friends, and there's great interest in real barbecue over there. 
uh, you know, the internet helps a lot. That's for sure. I'm sure there's some of the guys are are listening right now, and and there's there's really great interest in barbecue over in England, and and I'm happy to be part of it. So I decided, well, well I'm going to go do a cooking class. Well, I think everybody knows the story. The the uh, international initiative that uh, seems to have gone underground didn't really have much going on. So I decided to do my own international initiative and. And the flight's booked, man. On April 28th, I'm doing a class, a barbecue cooking class in England. It's going to be, I don't think anybody's done it before. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be exciting. Do you have any type of respective turnout for that? Well, we, we put 30 max on it because I don't really want to do a big class. Um, it's Honestly, I'm not, it's not about making money on this one. Um, you know, I, w- I really want to go there and kind of, if we break even, I'll be a happy guy. Um, I, I know there's... 20 paid as of right now, and uh, there's a bunch more promised. I, I suspect we'll have 30 or close enough to it to make everybody happy. It, it, like I said, it's really not about the big payday on this one. It's it's about getting over there and teaching some and helping the ball moving, you know, get the ball rolling. There's a lot of interest over there, so let's go uh, have some fun. All right, so let me ask you about this, Ray, because I know you talk to a lot of people that are – you know, in KCBS, board of directors, all this stuff. There was that big hoopla. You know, Toby Shea was trying to get more teams down into the Jack Daniels, and he was trying to correspond with KCBS, and they were kind of giving him the shine on it. And then all of a sudden, it's kind of died off a little bit. Now you're talking about going over there and doing a class, and you had mentioned that this whole KCBS initiative going overseas is kind of one underground. What what the hell happened there? I mean, it was like a stir. It was a buzz. And then all of a sudden, it's just kind of dropped out. Was this a lot of much ado about nothing? Uh, was 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 somebody off base or not understanding each other? Because here's what I thought. I thought Toby's idea was good. I mean, why not have teams that are coming over from out of the country be tasked to at least similarly qualify for the American teams? Because it's not fair, in my estimation, as somebody who's never competed that knows nothing about what the hell they're talking about. To have the American teams have to go through, you know, winning a, a qualifying competition, and then you get your name pulled in, or you have to win so many during the course of time, blah blah blah. But the uh, teams coming from out of the country don't have to do that. So what was wrong with trying to task the teams coming over from out of the country to at least be held to a similar task? Well, it's about four different unique things, or or, or more, even frankly. Uh, I don't, I don't just. Dis- Disagree with Toby and wanting to try and do that, but you gotta you gotta accept the fact that this is Jack Daniels's uh, marketing, and they sell that stuff all over the world. And I mean, I've been going there for a long time, and and I mean, it used to be any international team that wanted to come was welcome, and we saw some crazy teams over the years. Uh, I, you know, I, the stuff that went on was was hilarious. I, I mean, we partied hard with the, the Jamaicans, and there was a French team, and and the Swiss guys, I mean, there was a Mexican team one year that sliced their whole brisket up and made fajitas out of it on Friday night. And <laughs> it used to be a rocking good time with all uh, of that kind of stuff. And now these, uh, the European teams or the international teams have gotten very serious. Um, but, you, you know, I don't know. I think that if I was Jack Daniels, I'd still want anybody that can get it together, the money to come if they are going to put some color and flair in the event and, and help promote Jack Daniels in whatever country it may be, oh, come on, I say bring them on, let them still come. Uh, if I was Jack Daniels, that would be my opinion. I understand Toby's point of view because he's trying to make 
a little bit more serious there in England, and I would like to see it be like it is. Um, and, and I don't blame him for that, but but I just think that when I go to Jack and I see the German team and the Swiss team and the Mexican team and the Puerto Rican team and all those different teams I've seen over the years, I'd hate to see them be precluded because they didn't really win a qualifier. I, I just think that that's, eh, you know, it's two different things, I guess. Uh, but but also the uh, the international initiative from KCBS, I don't know, you should try to get those guys on. <laughs> Yeah, the, oh, you know by now that uh, KCBS and me, for some reason, don't mix. Uh, I mean, it's been it's actually been fantastic that I've been able to have Candy Weaver on as much as I actually do because nobody would give me the time of day prior to her uh, getting over on uh, the board of directors and then presidency. We're talking with Ray Lampy joining us. Uh, drbbq.com is website, at drbbq, the Twitter. Uh, Ray, Look, you're a TV guy. We've seen Pitmasters. You're obviously somebody, I mean, you're probably not taking part in it, but somebody can give us a good perspective on it. Are you excited to see what version 3 brings us? Are you over it by now and you'd rather watch, you know, Gator Boys or uh, Rattlesnake Poachers of Bigfoot, or what do you think? I, no, I always like to see it. I've enjoyed every version of it. Uh, they're all different. It's kind of interesting to me. This really goes back to the first one we did. Remember that? Uh, where we, we traveled around to different places, and the judges were Ed Royce and Bill Felder and uh, else today? Rocky, Rocky Danner. Uh, those were the old school guys judging, and we were cooking. And I, I mean, it, heck, it's kind of the same show with a little bit more flair, and, and everybody's a little more polished than they were back then, that's for sure. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of TV guys back then i think that might have been the first time myron was on tv with me swearing at the camera um so i but i love it i always like seeing it the more the better um it's certainly good for everybody oh hell i was there cooking i didn't cook rattlesnakes but i cooked some lobsters and clams and stuff and and it was all fun too i mean i just i think any and all of it's good i i i don't sit at home and i'm kind of living it i don't like to sit at home and critique it all Heck, that was fun. This might be a good version. I think it's a good user, and I think Puffy will be good. I don't. I don't know. If you don't know. I'll be the guy to tell you. I saw pictures of it. Uh, Myron's judging right in the middle, like just like when we did that. Uh, it looks just like the CBS show we did last year. With Myron sitting right in the middle with uh, Tuffy and Aaron Franklin, a guy with a barbecue joint in Austin that's gotten a ton of attention. He had a barbecue truck, and he. He now has a restaurant there, and, and I was looking at his website the other day, claims he sold out a brisket every day the restaurant was open. Wow. That's pretty impressive. So uh, those are the judges, and I, my guess, best guess is they're going to rotate the teams, and I think it's probably going to be a lot of fun. I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. All right, Ray, so we got a couple minutes left here, and I do want to touch on a couple things. Uh, you know, Kingsford gets a lot of heat for being the blue bag and the briquettes suck and blah, blah, blah. But they do show a lot of love and support to the barbecue and grilling community, obviously because it's like their industry, right? So with this Kingsford Invitational, what do you think about them stepping up to the plate and getting some type of uh, you know a sponsorship and promotion going on? Oh, that sounds cool to me. You're going to take the top, the best teams are all going to get invited. They're trying to schedule it so that everybody can come. Wouldn't it be cool to see the Jack winner, the Memphis and May winner, the Houston winner, uh, and whatever the, the other five or six are, all just there, nobody else at the contest. Those are the guys probably going to be judged by one table. Oh, I think that's great. I, those Kingsford folks are great, man. They dump a lot of money into it, but they come out and they hang with us too. They really get it. They're 
they're part of the community. If you never hung out with them at, at American Royal, there they are at Chris's booth. I mean, go have a drink with them. They're great folks, and I'm a big fan. All right, and then finally, you know, you're the corporate chef for Big Green Egg. You've had a relationship with, with them for years. Uh, anything new and exciting that's happening with you and, uh, and the folks at the uh, ceramic cooker Big Green Egg? Well, they've got a new website that they launched a couple months ago, and, and we just shot a bunch of video for it the other day. We shot a bunch of uh, still stuff for it the other day. There's going to be a lot of content on that website in the near future. The product is doing great. The product is, you know, it's the best one on the market. The other guys can, everybody shoots at us and talks all they want, but the big green egg is still a leader in the industry by far. Everything's great. Love them, guys. All right, let me ask you the Survey Tuesday question before I cut you loose. Is that all right? Yes. All right, here we go. Uh, question number one, best cut of steak? Ribeye. Got to be. Four for four tonight. Uh, if you have your choice, lump charcoal or briquette charcoal? I always lump charcoal for me. I think that's the best fuel to cook with. All right, and then question number three. Who wins the NCAA basketball tournament? You know what that means? Yeah, it means you gave the wrong answer again. What's with you guys? It's going to be Ohio University. <laughs> Nobody's going to give me the satisfaction of saying Ohio University. All right, so we'll, uh, we'll we'll see if that happens to be the case. We're talking with Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue. Again, you can find him at drbbq.com is the website, at drbbq. The Twitter, he's on Facebook as well. Ray, always appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on tonight. Anytime, Greg. Good talking to you. All right, take care. There he is, the good doctor. Weighing in on a number of things. Look, I don't know if he just said this or not. <laughs> Did he just say cutting money muscle off like a schlong? What? <laughs> uh, gang, as many of you know, I have gotten my grimy mitts on a pellet cooker, and the first thing I thought of was barbecuer's delight. Why? because they're widely considered to be the pellet resource for pellet-fired cookers. That's right. Whether on the competition trail or in your backyard, folks choose Barbecuers Delight Wood Pellets more than any other brand for their superior quality and flavor. And you should give them a try as well, and you can find them at bbqrsdelight.com. Now, maybe you're not somebody who has a pellet cooker. That's no problem. You can still take advantage of the pellet revolution on your gas or charcoal grill or smoker by grabbing the cast iron pot option. Buy yourself a nice sampler pack of pellets, load the one-third cup into the pot, and then place it in your cooker or grill, and let that sweet, succulent smoke take care of the rest. Now, maybe you're not familiar with these pellets, right? Let me give you a little insight. When pellets are made, all of the air within the cellular structure of the wood is evacuated, thus concentrating the wood into a very dense form, much denser than natural trees. As compared to other wood flavor enhancers, pellets will yield a more intense smoke flavor, which seals the food and natural moisture by adding smoke flavor exactly when it's needed. And since pellets have been processed from sawdust by pressure, which generates heat, any contaminants present in the wood are eliminated, so it's like completely sterile stuff. This process produces a sterile smoking wood product of consistent quality. Pellets are easy to use since you do not soak them in water prior to use. It's easy to blend wood flavors and produce consistent results each and every time with the use of Barbecuers Delight Wood Pellets. Now, here's something to remember when you buy these the Barbecuers Delight Wood Pellets. The one-pound bags are 100% flavor wood. 
But if you have a pellet cooker, it's a little different. Candy and the geniuses at Barbecuers Delight have determined that the blend of two-thirds oak, one-third flavor wood is the way to go to ensure the great smoke flavor, but give you that consistent BTU temperature that you need as well. Do yourself a favor. Grab some Barbecuers Delight pellets right now. Visit them at bbqrsdelight.com. That's bbqrsdelight.com, the choice of competition cooks and backyard warriors like me. bbqrsdelight.com. We're coming back with Big Jim Stancil to talk Georgia Barbecue Championships. Stick around. We'll be right back in Survey Tuesday as well. Stick around. Advice on cooking brisket and ribs. And the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, 37 past the hour, 877 is the email address, and that's the phone number to get in touch with the show. All right, helping me close the show tonight is the pitmaster of Bare Knuckles Barbecue Team. We will be talking about the Georgia Barbecue Championship. That is up, uh, the setup for this year. Big Jim Stansel joining me here on the show. Jimmy! Jim, how are you, buddy? Good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing absolutely fabulous, Jim. And I appreciate you taking the time to join me tonight. We're going to be talking a little bit about this uh, Georgia Barbecue Championship. And, uh, of course, barbecue as well, no doubt. I mean, you're a guy that's uh, been steeped in barbecue for quite a while. you got the Bare Knuckles Barbecue team. I guess before we get into the Georgia Barbecue Championship, you know, what's happening with the team? How's the season going for you? What do you have to look forward to in 2012? Um, I think we're going to probably cook about 15, maybe 18 events. Um, we've cooked a couple so far, just trying some new things and uh, picking up on some ideas we practiced on over the winter. So uh, nothing crazy, just working, catering, trying to get stuff going with the GBC with sponsors and whatnot. All right, Jim, so when you're taking time in between the seasons to work on things, like you said, I mean, are you doing like wholesale stuff changes or did you see some things falling off towards the end of the year that you're just trying to, to rework and get them back up to par? Yeah, just reworking them. Um, you, you'll change a little bit, but nothing crazy. I mean, you, we don't wholesale changes no we've been doing this long enough we're not gonna make wholesale changes just yet the only thing i did do wholesale change wise is i went from baby backs to um um st louis cut ribs which was um pretty good for us we hit on them the first two times we cooked them so we feel pretty good about those ribs jim stansel joining us here on the show bare knuckles barbecue pitmaster uh, BareKnucklesBBQ.com, the website, and then, of course, GeorgiaBBQChampionship.com. So let's go ahead and get into that. Uh, Jim, tell us a little bit about sure. the project, you know, what's involved, the events, all this good stuff. Um, this is our third year for the Georgia Barbecue Championship. Um, we've got 16 events on our calendar this year. Um, you're going to have to cook a total of at least five post-five scores from those events to be eligible for any of the championship points. Um the championship points should pay any we're going to pay the top 10 overall places this year 
and um, probably going to try if we can get another sponsor to pay the top five places in each category. So we're kind of doing it the same way they're doing it in KC for our uh, awards banquet, but uh, mainly focusing in on the state of Georgia and concentrating on getting these events as many um, cook teams involved as we can. Um, in fact, the last two events, which are in North Georgia, will will be a combined nearly fifty thousand dollars in prize money for the last two events. So, uh, the, the last five or six events should total up over a hundred thousand dollars, which is a pretty good amount of prize money considering you're not going to have to leave the state. So, how many uh, events are there going to be then for the championship series? There'll be sixteen total. Um, you'll have the opportunity to cook 15 because two two events are on the same weekend. They've just been that way from the start, and we're not going to bump them because they're on completely opposite sides of the state. So they're not conflicting with each other as far as pulling teams in. They both have a full field of teams both years, um, and this third year it's going to be the same way. I think uh, those events are in May. One of them is in Waynesboro. One of them is in Rome. They both have a full field at this point in time. Is it going to be a cumulative score for those events that you cook, or do you have to like register for the championship series in order to take part of it? How does that whole thing shake out? Yeah, we'd like for you to go to the website and register this year. We need to start tracking. Um, you know, as you get larger and you get more corporate sponsorship, obviously these people want to track who's who's participating, and um, you know, marketing people love to see information uh, not that we're going to sell your information we just need to be able to put names and team names and stuff like that so um, the five scores will be your five highest scores you can cook 14 events or 12 i think a couple teams bubba you know pit bulls up in smoke danny kugel he, he they probably cooked 12 or 14 event or 12 events last year each uh, i'm sure they're going to cook at least 12 or 14 events this year that's just how they do things uh, but you need five five of your top high scores overall, and then the individual categories will break down the same way the top five high scores you have. Big Jim Stansel joining us here on the show. Whoa, just lost my camera there for a second. BareKnucklesBBQ.com, his team website, GeorgiaBBQChampionship.com is the website you want to go to if you are interested in learning a little bit more on how you can get in in this uh, Georgia Barbecue Championship. I mean, Jim, you know your competitor. Do you think that it behooves somebody to oh man what the hell just happened to me you can still hear me right jim i can hear you bro all right wow can you hear me oh yeah i can hear you but uh my i've just completely frozen up here so i apologize but i'm just gonna stick with it here um do you think it behooves the teams to cook as many as possible or do you think somebody could just go and and cook five and no big deal and and they're off and running what do you think well no it's fine to say that Uh uh-oh Oh, shit. Go ahead. Keep going. We're good. All right. Um, Last year, Cool Smoke Tuffy, he only cooked the four events, and he was second overall. So it doesn't necessarily mean you have to cook them all. I think the ones you cook, you just need to have a good quality score on them. I don't think it's anything you can, you know, I, I think you can cook five events and have five good scores and win the thing. I don't think it's, you know, we'd love for you to cook as many as you can, but I don't think it's to the point where, you know, some of these teams, they, they can't cook more than four or five events, and that probably would be the best thing for them uh, to just cook those half a dozen events, and, and they that way they post a score. But as we get on into the fall, it seems like, um, 
those guys started picking up momentum and cooking those events because it was getting really close. I mean, it was, I think, less than 20 points separated first through fourth overall, and that's that's a pretty huge um, point spread there, or a pretty small point spread for something that was paying, you know, the top five places. Absolutely. Jim Stanchel joining us here on the show. Uh, Jim, I mean, what's the flavor profile like down there? I mean, if you're going to be cooking in Georgia and you need to be taking part in the Georgia Barbecue Championship, you know, let's say I'm a team that's based out of, I don't know, Cleveland, and I'm going to be coming down there to try and win all the money that I could possibly get from the uh, the Peach State. Is is it varying down there from how it is in the other parts of the country, do you think? Is, is flavor profile still regional? Yeah, you know, I think as you get above Kentucky and just, you know, north of Tennessee and then you start to spread out towards the Midwest, I think it does change a little bit. Um, I know when we went to Kansas City and cooked in the Royal, which was a couple, two or three years ago, the last time we went, um, we were 25th overall out of, in the open division, and we cooked the same thing we cooked here. So I can't say for sure if that's going to be the case, but, you know, Tuffy cooks all over the place. Bubba cooks all over the place. I, I don't know that there's a, a definite different flavor profile, um, but I think when you look at it overall, it's just – You've got to be consistent. And if you're going to cook 14 events to post five scores, you better be consistent in those events if you want those numbers or you don't have a shot. There's some tough guys out here cooking these events down here. We have some really close scoring. If they look at the website from last year, we list all the categories overall and everything. And then they need to look at the point totals and they'll see who cooked four events, who cooked – and it'll tell you how many events they cooked, but we take the top highest scores from each event. So – You'll see how close the numbers are when it breaks down first through 10th on every single category, including the overall first through 20th. All right, so do you have any early predictions as far as who you might think is, is going to be coming out on top this year? You know, Boas won it two years in a row, and he told me when I saw him in uh, the other day, he's like, they better not mess up. I'll be all over him again. So he's he's acting like he's the one. Danny Kugel saying, you know, Danny Kugel from, you know they better not mess up. I'll be down there on them. So <laughs> Danny Kugel's excited about getting in the front of it. I mean, he's, he was close to the front, too. There's a lot of really good cooks down here. I, I think that uh, the South in general doesn't get a whole lot of play because we don't travel outside or around, but uh, you've got a lot of the same judges, Tennessee, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina. you got a lot of the same judges pool coming in from those areas and uh, Tennessee as well. And, it, and it, it's pretty tough down here. I mean, those guys up in uh, you know north of Kentucky and all, they, they come down here, they, they know it's tough. You can ask any of those guys from KC. Jim Stansel joining us here on the show talking about the Georgia Barbecue Championship. Uh, Jim, if I could just kind of change it up here for a little bit. You know, you, you had made a run previously for the KCBS Board of Directors, and, you know, you're kind of East Coast there. You know, what do you think about KCBS now and, you know, direction it's heading in? Are you – you got some positive vibes going from it? Is it kind of business as usual for you? Where are you weighing out right now? You know – I don't think it is business as usual. I think the newer guys that got elected in this year are going to actually um, start to make a few changes. Um, we all know that major changes can't happen overnight. 
they're they're going to take take time, and people need to come in. And um, it, the leadership as a whole is starting to change over somewhat. Um, I'm excited about some of the things they're talking about. Um, I'd like to see them implemented a little on a faster pace, but um, you know, change sometimes takes takes the slow road, and you know, we'll just have to deal with what we can deal with as it comes to it. All right, so I was been asking all my guests here tonight. Uh, obviously, barbecue and television have seemed to be going a little bit hand in hand here. Are you somebody that is excited to see version three of Barbecue Pitmasters, or have you kind of seen it run its course and you'll be interested in anything else that's on TV, like Keeping Up with the Kardashians or uh, Lamar and Chloe? I don't think I'm going to be watching Lamar and Chloe, but no, listen, anything that puts. <laughs> our sport into the limelight is a good thing. I mean, I call it a sport. It's what we do. This is what I do every single day. I'm either barbecue contest, barbecue catering, going to compete myself. So anytime you show something like that, it's a good thing. I don't think, you know, like Ray said, I think it's cool. I've watched all, all the seasons, even back to when he did it. It's the same kind of format. And I think it looks great. It's great for what we do. You know, um, good good job for everybody who's doing the deal. All right, Jim, how about the uh, Survey Tuesday questions? Porterhouse. Whoa, 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 hold on a second. Let me lead you. I'm the host for crying out loud. <laughs> Question number one. Best cut of steak? Porterhouse. Porterhouse. All right, l- let me ask you this because uh, I think Dave Bosca ignored me. You have T-Bone, you have Porterhouse. A lot of people confuse these for being like one and the same. Is it the same thing? It's not the same. What's different? It's not, not the same. I think it's like the second cut in. You can only get two porterhouse off of each loin or something like that. All right, I'll buy that. So not, I have no you'll idea. Get a thicker, you'll get a thicker fillet and a thicker strip. All right, very good. Sounds good to me because uh, I like both of those cuts myself, but I'm partial to the ribeye, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, question number two, if you have to choose lump charcoal or briquette, Lump charcoal. Lump charcoal, all right. And question number three, the only one I'm asking, you're the last one I'm asking tonight. Who wins the NCAA basketball tournament? OU? Yeah! God! Thank God somebody said it. Now, look, I know you're just saying that. Now, you want the truth? What's that? You want the truth? Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, care. you mean, do you want to lie? What do you, you don't, you're not a NCAA guy? I'm not a basketball. I'm a football guy. Well, I don't. I won't ask you who your football team is because OU's football team is not nearly as good as the basketball team. So uh, we'll we'll watch with bated breath. I am a proud alum, 1997 of the Ohio University Bobcats in Athens, Ohio. Uh, we're talking with Big Jim Stansel about the Georgia Barbecue Championship. Anything else, uh, Jim? Do you want to throw out there before I let you go? No, I'm excited about barbecue in 2012, and um, I appreciate you having us on the show to talk about it. And uh, if you guys need any information, go to the site. It lists all the events and all the sponsors and everything else. All right, Jim. Uh, Big Jim Stansel, you find him. He's the pitmaster of Bare Knuckles Barbecue, which is bareknucklesbbq.com, and the Georgia BBQ Championship.com, the website for that event as well. Uh, Jim, always appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on tonight, buddy. Thanks, Greg. All Appreciate right, take care. It. There he is. Big Jim. Thank God that I only had to do it 
three or, or four times a lead-in to get a guest to say Ohio University. How hard is it? That Jim Stansel, he is one sharp cookie on his game, as they say, on his game. Thanks, Jim, for saying that, even though you don't like uh, basketball. That's fine. I'm not actually a big college football guy. I know you wouldn't believe that. It's not the Buckeye State. Not everybody's a Ohio State Buckeye fan in Ohio. <clears throat> Gang, a public service announcement to all the Barbecue Brothers and Sisters from uh, one of my sponsors, uh, Stephen DeFranco from Stephen DeFranco Jewelers, uh, who happens to be a barbecue junkie as well. Look, being married to a barbecue maniac can be trying. Things that are nonsense that have to do with barbecue that your wife has to put up with. I mean, these are just a few examples of why buying her an anniversary ring from Stephen DeFranco Jewelers might be one of the best ideas ever. Uh, Number one, you're probably always making a huge mess in the kitchen, and you don't clean up, do you? Of course you don't. You're lying, and you're lying, and you're lying, and you're lying. You, you You even leave those dirty barbecue utensils in the sink. Forget about it. All you think about is barbecue 24-7. These books, these TV shows, websites like Big Jim Stansel's doing his catering, doing all of the stuff. All, all you do is leave sticky barbecue sauce on the cabinet doors, and the silverware drawers, on the kitchen tables, on the car, on the dog, for crying out loud. Exactly how many years has this fine lady had to put up with this mania? You're always... Filling the refrigerator with meat that you want to cook. What does she want? You're not asking that, are you? No. The spice cabinet's full of jars and rubs and spices. Some of you don't even remember that you even have, for crying out loud. Look, when was the last time you bought her a new piece of jewelry, right? Call Steve at Stephen DeFranco Jewelers, and he can help. Heck, he's had to get himself out of trouble with his wife because of his own barbecue addictions. Now, whether you participate in competition barbecue or you just do it for fun in the backyard like me, taking care of your wife by showing her how much you love her, with a beautiful diamond anniversary ring from Stephen DeFranco Jewelers is just a ticket for her allowing you to continue to mess up the kitchen with your barbecue insanity. You're probably thinking that treating her to a new anniversary ring might break the bank and ruin the plans for the new grill or smoker. Forget about it. That's completely false. The diamond anniversary rings at Stephen DeFranco Jewelers started under $500. And not only does Steve stock great quality, but if you go to stephendefranco.com, you can see lots of great styles and really great prices, too. And as always... Steve has a very special barbecue brother and sister deal just for you. Here's how it works. You go to stephendefranco.com. You pick out a new diamond anniversary ring, and then you call Steve, 440-943-2700. That's 440-943-2700. You tell me you're a barbecue brother or sister, and they'll give you an additional $50 off the already discounted price to help you pay for taking your wonderful wife out to a non-barbecue dip. Outrageous and beautiful thinking by Stephen DeFranco. And, of course, he'll always ship it for free. That's uh, stephendefranco.com. Proud sponsor of the show. We'll be back to wrap this bad bitch up right after this. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, five minutes till the top of the hour, 877-448-0433. I think I was doing a contest with uh, Andy's Sauce on Twitter and on Facebook. But you had to direct message me. Hmm. Ah. 
Oh, no, it was a retweet. I'm sorry. I apologize. Never mind me. Survey Tuesday questions. Best cut of steak. We're just kind of going over the, the recap here. Um, ribeye seems to be the bar fi- uh, far and away winner. Lump charcoal seems to be winning over briquettes by far and away margins. And then who wins the NCAA basketball tournament? Many people wanted to use different teams. Uh, they, of course, were wrong. It's going to be the Ohio University Bobcats. Uh, so there you go. All right. Let's wrap it up. I want to thank my guests for tonight. In the very first hour, we had Jim Shaheen from the Washington Post, writer of the Smoke Signals blog. Go to WashingtonPost.com to check him out. Then we had Andy Groneman from Smoke on Wheels. SmokeOnWheels.com is his website. We also had Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue. He was on the second segment of this second hour. Covered a number of different topics. Always appreciate Ray and the time he makes for the show. He's moving on to the nationals, or I'm sorry, the regional rounds for the Sam's Club, by the way. And my last guest, Big Jim Stancil, talking about the Georgia Barbecue Championship. All great guests. Wait a second. I think we finally hooked it up. We go to the hotline. Ladies and gentlemen, the Iron Chef, Michael Simon, joining us here on the show. Mike, uh, hello. Hello. Oh, man. Maybe next week. We'll try next week. All right, let me help you and remind you to control the rusty grill-grade population. If you have raw cast iron like I do, treat it after each and every use. It starts to cool down, hit it with a little pan, a little cooking, uh, uh, what do you call it? Crap, Crisco. Let it bake in as it cools down. It keeps it seasoned. It'll keep the rust off. You never have to worry about uh, the grate becoming rust-infested. Do that little bit of service. Reap years and years of rewards of service from properly maintaining your grill. Little Pam, little Crisco, whichever one you like, as it cools down, your gold. September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Next Tuesday, believe it or not, I know, hard to believe, we're already jammed. But until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. Good night now.